name is Andy, and I am uh, the lead pastor here at High Point Church. And I want to remind you, we're, we're, in a, we're in a series called The Thrill of Hope. And if there's anything that the Christmas story is, it's a message of hope. Yes, it's joy, and yes, it's peace. It's that. But man, is it a story of great, great hope. Do this. Turn to Matthew chapter 2. I'm going to read uh, 12 verses from the Bible this morning. I'm going to keep the message pretty simple. Amy has, my wife has told me I have to be high and tight this morning. I can't go long. We've got a lot of things that, that, that are happening today. I'm joking. Obviously, some of you have your children here, so I'm going to go as long as I possibly can because all parents love to have their children sit next to them in service while the pastor preaches on and on and on. Do this, Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. We just saw the Nativity Act out. That was this right here. I know there are children rejoining their parents right now, but just track with me here for a moment. We're talking about the thrill of hope, Christmas, what Christmas is about. We're reading the story together. We're we're, we're having it acted out. We're singing songs. And in just a moment, we'll have another creative arts piece to just inspire us and encourage us and remind us what it is that we're celebrating. But sometimes as we talk about Christmas season and all of the stocking stuffers and and the the pressure to get gifts and good gifts and wrapping paper and candy canes and, and your peppermint mocha and this and that, sometimes it's easy to lose sight, is it not, of just what on earth we're really doing. You guys with me this morning? Easy to do, isn't it? It's so easy to do. And this morning, be reminded that the Christmas story is about hope. And that hope isn't just for a random people. That hope is for you, and it is for me. 
And this Christmas, we get to. You don't have to. You get to cling to the hope of the Christmas season, and that's Jesus Christ. Malachi chapter 5-2. Matthew is, 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 is quoting from the Old Testament. And what I love about the story of Christmas is there's so many things that happen in it. But this interesting thing that takes place in the stories of the gospel of Jesus being born is that we are reminded that things that are insignificant in our eyes, things that don't really seem to have much purpose or much hope, actually, God looks at them completely opposite, doesn't he? Let me explain. Because two weeks ago we talked about how The Christmas season reminds us that Jesus, his light drives out darkness. But this week we're reminded that God has purpose for you and for me. That he has purpose for you in the most areas of your life that look and seem to be the most insignificant, that seem to be the most wasted, the things that bore you, the things that bother you, the the monotonous job that you're so ready to be done with, X, Y, Z, you name it. It's the things oftentimes that we look at and we despise that Jesus looks at or God looks at and he sees divine purpose in I love that about Christmas because if there's anything that we, especially my generation, struggles with, it's this feeling of of, of significance. We would rather have a job that pays us less than a, we would rather, excuse me, we would have a job that pays us less than have a job that pays us a lot, but we feel insignificant doing it. We want to know that our life is making a difference. And the Christmas story reminds us of it. Malachi 5.2, it says this. It says, You, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me uh, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Atlanta is, is it's one of those cities that has a Six Flags in it. I grew up in St. Louis, and we have a Six Flags, too. And so I know, does anybody go to Six Flags over the holidays? Does anybody do that anymore? Anyone? I see a couple hands. Strong. You know, they have a Christmas little deal that they put together. There's Christmas lights and the whole nine yards. But when, does anybody remember going to try to ride a roller coaster? And you got up to the line, and you were so stoked. Because you were finally going to get to ride this thing, the behemoth, right? And then, the, the, you know, the, the, the person working the line has that little, you know, the little ruler deal. And they hold it up to you. And surprise, you're like an inch short. And you cannot ride it. Anybody, if you've had the courage to ride a roller coaster as a small child, almost everybody knows the feeling of disappointment, of being told you are not big enough, you are not tall enough to ride this ride yet. As a parent, I have had, I've seen the disappointment in my children's eyes when they can't ride something. And when I read the Christmas story, and I read about Bethlehem, the city that Jesus is being born in, we see people prophesying about it. And it reminds me of the roller coaster moment. 
where you're being told that, 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 hey, you may be small right now, but I'm going to do something really significant in you. I am going to bring about a shepherd for my people. Out of you is going to come the son of the living God, the Savior. I know that everybody looks at you, Bethlehem, as this little village with very few people living in it. You don't have a whole lot going on. There's not much for you. You're kind of despised. You're overlooked. You're rejected. But I'm telling you, hang on tight because I have great purposes for you. When everybody else would look at you and say, this is insignificant, I see something beautiful and I'm going to do something glorious and I'm going to do it through you and in you. I love that about Christmas. Christmas ultimately is not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus being born, but Jesus was born in the most humble, overlooked, forgetful circumstances. It was the most insignificant situation. It was a lame stable on the middle of a nameless night in the middle of a village that had passed its heyday. And this is where the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords is born. And it reminds me of something, that God does something beautiful in things that look insignificant. God does something. When he, when he sent his son, he didn't come for those who had all the money. He didn't come for everybody who, who had it all together, who didn't need a savior. He came for the broken. He came for the sick. He came for the rejected. He came for the insignificant, the forgetful, the forgettable, the lonely. That's who he came for. And Christmas reminds us that in the midst of what might sometimes feel like a life filled with mundane, right? You get up, you go to work, you go to bed. You're raising your children. You're, you're in car lines. You're out of car lines. You're working. You're working towards retirement. You're working towards this. You're trying to get furniture for your house. You're trying to pay for an anniversary. You're trying to pay for birthdays. You don't have enough money for doctor visits. And life just happens, right? And you can look and you can wonder, God, where is the life that you've promised? But Christmas reminds us that it's in the little things, the details, the going to school, a teenager working and getting good grades and going to college, you working on your marriage, loving your spouse, being a good father, a good parent. It's the things that the world has deemed as insignificant that God breathes his life into. If we will just surrender to him, he takes the insignificant and he does something amazing in it. Christmas reminds us of that. Amen? There's a movie out right now, and I won't, I won't blow it for anybody. Star Wars. <laughs> and some of you are already rolling your eyes because you don't like Star Wars here. And it is Christmas, so we have set up a special room for you after service where we can pray and minister to the darkness that is in your heart for not liking Star Wars. But regardless of that, it's the most, one of the most popular series of all time in the history of the world. Hear that for a second. In the history of storytelling, Star Wars might be top 10 most popular stories ever told. 
Why? Because it's a story of hope. It's a kid born on a desert town, in a desert planet, who's got nothing going for him. Two parents he's never even met. And all of the sudden, he is destined to fight evil, the evil galactic empire, and make a difference. And when we read that, or we see that, or we hear it, it resonates with something inside of us. And it's the same thing that resonates at Christmas that we're reminded of, that God does his greatest work in the midst of ashes, in the midst of the desert, in the midst of the dry places, in the midst of the broken spots, the areas that are rejected. Pick your thing. That's where God works. And he loves to breathe life into those areas. And that gets me up in the morning. Makes me celebrate because we serve a Jesus Christ, a risen king who wasn't just born. He didn't just stay a baby. He went on to lead a perfect life, the kind of life that you and I could not live. He died the death that we deserve for our sin. And he offers life to anyone who would put their faith in him. That is Christmas. That is the beauty of the story. Amen? All right. For the sake of time this morning, I want to remind you of just this one last thing. I've said it now a couple times, but we're getting ready to have a, 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 a creative arts piece here in just a moment. And I know we have our kids sitting next to us, and Christmas Eve we'll have our kids again with us. This has been a crazy month here at High Point Church. We don't normally have our kids with us in each service, but, you know, we, had, we were snowed out on one, and now the kids are with us here, and they'll be with us next week as well. But I, I want you to know as a pastor, right, sometimes the holidays are the, are the highlight of people's lives, and they're also really difficult times, aren't they? It's where people find a lot of strain and a lot of stress. They fight with relatives. They reflect on their life, and they sometimes, if you're not careful, you can look and you wonder, God, can you do anything with this? Can you do anything in here with this, in me, et cetera, et cetera? And I want you to hear this in the same way that the heavens split open and the angels appeared and darkness was driven out and Jesus was born and the hope of the world was given to humanity. In the same way that that truth is reality. The other, there's another truth that I want you to hear as we wrestle and as we look towards Christmas and as we celebrate is that Jesus wants to work afresh in your life. And it's the areas that you've given up on, that you've quit on, that you roll your eyes at, that Jesus will work and make something beautiful and glorious if you'll just give it to him. Amen. Amen. Here's what we're going to pray this morning. And then our youth, High Point youth, have been working hard on a creative arts piece. We're going to crank some tunes. And it's going to be a good time here. And in the same way that we cheered on uh, our little ones, we're going to cheer on our youth. And so with that, um, can I do this? 
I need somebody to grab this podium. Can we do that? I'm going to introduce to you our High Point youth as they, actually, let me pray first. Make sure everybody has time and get us, get our hearts right as we celebrate. But I want you guys to be excited. I want you to be pumped. And let's cheer on our teens. Does that sound good? Father, we thank you for the season that we're in. We thank you for the reason for this season, Jesus Christ. And we celebrate you and we do it right now. God, we thank you that we celebrate you. You bring significance to our lives. You bring hope. You bring light that drives out the darkness. And God, we praise you and worship you in song, in nativity, in teaching and preaching. And God, we also worship you in dance. It's your name that we, we praise. It's your name that we worship. 